Well, hey there, my name is Eric Gray, and I'm the Young Adult and Family Minister here at the Regency Church of Christ. I just want to take a minute and say thank you for checking out this message. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And to find out more information about Regency or to listen to other messages from this series, we'd love for you to check out our website at regencycc.org. And we're praying that this message will help you grow closer to Jesus. One of the most basic questions that we can raise is, what are we about? What are we doing with our lives? People have always asked, why am I here? What what is my life about? What is my purpose for existence? And the Bible takes up that question, and, and here are some of its answers. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, the conclusion when all has been heard is, Fear God and keep His commandments because this applies to every person. Or Micah chapter 6 verse 8, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And then Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, And all these things will be added uh, to you. So those would be three verses that I think would help us answer the question, why am I here? What is life about? Fearing God, keeping His, His commandments, doing justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with our God, and then seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. But this morning I want to approach this subject from a little different angle. Isaiah 43, verse 7, Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. God created us for His glory. And so our purpose is to glorify God in all we say and do. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. To God be the glory. So again, our purpose on earth is to give glory to God. It's an orientation toward life. It guides our moral decisions. It gives purpose in finances, purpose in family. It causes us to ask, does this attitude, does this task, this purchase, this act, does it give glory to God? So what are some of the ways that we can bring glory to God? Number one, by worshiping Him. Worship provides for us an opportunity to encounter our great and awesome and mighty God. And we have sung about that uh, this morning. But it's also an opportunity to be edified, to be built up, to be strengthened. It may provide an opportunity for us to engage the seeker, someone who may be looking to learn more about God and having a relationship with Him. Revelation 4 and 5 reveal a couple of throne room scenes. And listen as the four living creatures and 24 elders 
and thousands of thousands of angels give glory to God. Revelation 4 verse 8, And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And so that's an attitude that we need to have, that day and night we will not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, to Him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before Him who sits on the throne and will worship Him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the living throne, saying, Worthy are You, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things, and because of Your will they existed and were created. So here is praise for God, our awesome, almighty Creator. And then in chapter 5 of Revelation, beginning in verse 11, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Here is praise for God, the Redeemer. Praise for God, our Creator, and praise for God, our Redeemer. So certainly that's one of the ways that we can give and bring glory to God is by our worshiping Him. That's what you see happening there in these throne room scenes in Revelation chapters 4 and 5. Number two, we bring glory to God by loving other believers. Jesus in John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. What is the most challenging thing about that particular verse? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. How do we love one another? Even as I have loved you. Now let me tell you something. If we love one another in that way, that will make a difference. Love one another even as I have loved you. 
This is in some senses the final apologetic. Because Jesus said, by this, the world will know that you are truly my disciples. And then 1 John continues that theme. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And chapter 4, verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And so that's the second way that we can bring glory to God is by loving other believers. But I think also we can bring glory to God by becoming like Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So the more we become like Christ, I think the more we bring glory to our heavenly Father. And so Paul encourages us here to speak the truth in love, and we are to grow up in how many ways? In all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. So that is a continual process. We are continually growing and becoming more and more like Christ. And I think as we do that, I think that brings glory to our Heavenly Father. But I think, number four, we bring glory to God by serving others with our gifts. First Peter chapter 4, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By serving others with our gifts, we all have gifts. We all have talents. And we need to be serving one another with those gifts and with those talents. And I think when we do that, then we certainly are going to bring glory uh, to God. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 said, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do it all to the glory of God. You know, I read from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Again, in verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. But what happens when they see our good works? And glorify your Father who is in heaven. And I believe that we can bring God glory by telling others, about him. Jesus in John 15 verse 8 said, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So we need to be looking for those opportunities to tell others about him. And do not ever underestimate 
your influence, the power of, of your life to make a difference in someone's life. And I think that was emphasized in, in Merrill's prayer. I think, you, you know, when Tony talked about our giving next Sunday, do not underestimate what you can do, each individual, however small that may be, and we've talked about that, but that can make a difference in someone's life. And so we need to leverage our influence. We need to be out there telling others about Him with every opportunity that God may present to us. But do not underestimate the difference that you as one individual can make, however little that gift may be, you can make a difference. I've shared the story before, but it's it's one that has always touch, touched me as far as the power of one to make a difference. Do not underestimate your power to make a difference. Everyone in this assembly this morning, no matter what your age, you can make a difference. But the 5th century A.D. desert monk Telemachus, who wandered into Rome, and he happened to go to the Colosseum, and they were having the gladiator games. And at first he didn't really know what was going on because there was so much yelling, so much cheering. Then he heard, you know, one of the gladiators say, you know, in the name of the emperor, I sacrifice my life. And then he knew that this was something they would go out there and try to kill each other. So Telemachus was able somehow to make his way down into the Colosseum. And he went out there and he said, in the name of Christ, stop. Well, you know, that was not going to be pleasing to the Colosseum crowd. They were there to be entertained by those games. But he kept insisting, in the name of Christ, stop. And there are different versions of the story. We don't know if he was thrust through with a sword at that time or after the games were over, as they were all going out, some versions say that he was stoned to death by the crowd. But two or three days later, the Roman emperor ended the gladiator games. The power of one little voice to make a difference. There are probably times when we may have wanted to say something like that with what's going on in our world. In the name of Christ, stop. But do not underestimate what you can do. And I'm thankful for everyone here and as Marilyn's prayer, our, our teachers, what a difference you're making. What a difference you can make next week as we give to help provide Bibles for those in the Ukraine. You see, your gift may make a difference in someone's life. What you give may provide a Bible that someone can get hold of and can read and then can find out and can learn what God wants them to do. We glorify God by being a witness to others. The power of one.
you can indeed make a difference. We were created to bring glory to God. That's why you're here. That's why you're here upon this earth. That's our purpose. That's our overall purpose. And we've been talking about purpose. Andrew talked about purpose in worship. I think Eric talked about purpose in, 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 in rest. I mean, there, I mean, we have purpose in a number of, of different ways. But our overall purpose, if we just kind of boil it down, I think again, as Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, whom I have created for my glory, even whom I have formed. And so to God be the glory. Great things he hath done. And let's continue to come together to, to glorify God through these times of worship. And those throne room scenes in Revelation 4 or 5 just amaze me where you have those living creatures. There's 24 elders and then thousands and thousands of people saying day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. To God be the glory.